This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It is your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Good morning. Once again, I'm Phil Latzman. This podcast, a daily digest of the news events here in Arizona. It is Monday, ready to face a new week and happy President's Day. Pick your favorite. It's February 19th. And let's uh, kick it off with a check of the news uh, bill to establish a new governing board to oversee the Arizona State Hospital received bipartisan support at the state legislature. From the politics desk, Wayne Shutsky reports. The state hospital, which cares for Arizonans suffering from severe mental illnesses, has faced criticism for problems with patient safety, transparency, and staffing issues. Critics have called for the creation of an independent body to oversee the facility, and Republican Senator David Gowan's bill would do just that. I think we need to get the Arizona State Hospital um, stronger, and I believe the best way to do that is to pull it out and put the light on it. The bill would transfer oversight of the hospital from the Arizona Department of Health Services to a five-member governing board appointed by the governor. A similar proposal failed last year after the governing board provision was stripped from the legislation over concerns that Governor Katie Hobbs would veto it. A spokesman for Hobbs would not say if she supports Gowan's bill, but says she would like to see non-political oversight of the state hospital. Wayne Shutsky, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Federal officials denied permits last week for a controversial hydropower project on the Navajo Nation in northern Arizona. Alex Hager reports advocates are hailing the move as a win for tribes. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission said it would establish a new policy and will not allow projects on tribal lands if the tribe itself shows opposition. Adrian Herter with the nonprofit Tuanaja'ane says pushback from nearby residents played a big role. I think that was able to really help provide that, um, to strengthen that argument from the Navajo Nation Department of Justice regarding the lack of community consultation and consent. The Navajo Nation, as well as indigenous and conservation groups, said the project could have damaged important underground water supplies and sacred lands in an area already dealing with harms caused by decades of coal extraction. I'm Alex Hager. When a long-term care facility falls out of compliance, Arizona Department of Health can levy a fine, but the maximum is just $500. A bill moving through the legislature would increase that fine to $1,000 per violation per resident affected. Tom Salo is with DHS. $500 is not much of a deterrent in this industry. We aren't trying to be punitive, but in order to get better compliance, having a higher limit is an important deterrence tool. And linking that to the number of people impacted by a deficient practice should lead to better compliance. Salo said the bill would also allow DHS to assess a fee for excess time spent monitoring an unsafe facility. Well, Arizona is, of course, known for copper, but it could also be synonymous with another precious metal if one state lawmaker gets his way. Tom Maxidon tells us more. Republican State Senator Jake Hoffman is behind a measure that would launch a state-run gold bullion depository and exchange. It would enable people to use it to pay their bills. He said it comes down to his distrust of federal government financial policy. Hoffman also said his bill is designed to enable average people who aren't part of the investor class to boost their wealth and protect their assets. As early as 2013, measures aiming to appease those with similar views have been introduced in the legislature. Hoffman's bill passed the Senate Finance and Commerce Committee with a majority of Republican support. Tom Maxidon, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The Arizona Commerce Authority is investing $13 million into Northern Arizona University for that institution to expand semiconductor training and research. 
The funding would establish a certificate program, semiconductor training center, and research and teaching laboratory. This latest allocation comes on the heels of the ACA's prior support of educational institutions which support semiconductor research in the state. The head of the U.S. Forest Service is warning that the agency is facing budget cuts that could affect thousands of employees. From the Frontier Task and Flagstaff, Michel Morisco reports. Forest Service Chief Randy Moore sent a letter to the agency's 30,000 employees that gaps in funding will affect salaries, information technology needs, and other services. Moore celebrated a 5% cost of living increase for employees, but said that will need to come out of available funds. He offered no specifics on what portion of the agency's budget will ultimately be reduced for the new fiscal year. He warned that the USDA, which oversees the Forest Service, is developing budget cut guidelines. Michel Marisco, KJZZ News, Flagstaff. Middle-income older adults are sometimes called the forgotten middle because their income is too high to receive government help should they need long-term care, but not high enough to afford it on their own. As Kathy Ritchie tells us, a new report aims to address this growing problem. Lauren Dunning is the director of the Center for the Future of Aging at the Milken Institute and one of the authors of the report. Milken is a nonpartisan think tank. There was a recent report from the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies that just came out this winter on housing America's older adults 2023. And they did some assessments on affordability and they found out that 84% of older adults 75 plus in the Phoenix Uh, greater Phoenix area can't afford assisted living prices. Yet someone turning 65 today has an almost 70% chance of needing some kind of long-term care, which is typically not covered by Medicare. The report offers solutions when it comes to financing care models and affordable housing that are also scalable. But that requires capital, says Caitlin McLean, a senior director at the Institute. So having them have access to capital to say, can you rethink the way that you deliver services or rethink the assets that you have in terms of the homes? Can you retrofit property like distressed assets, malls, you know, college dorms? By 2029, more than half of middle income Americans, 75 and older, are projected to fall into that forgotten middle category. Kathy Ritchie, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The Biden administration recently announced nearly $18 million in new investments to support native seed efforts nationally. These monies will fund programs meant to help combat climate change and promote landscape resilience. As Gabriel Pietrazio reports, both are very important here in Arizona. It's part of Interior Secretary Deb Holland's new National Seed Strategy Keystone Initiative. Native plants and seeds are adapted to the lands in which they live in and even environmental conditions including drought. Perrin McNellis is the Native Plant Program Manager at the Borderlands Restoration Network. Her organization oversees the annual production of more than 100,000 native plants and manages a regional seed center containing some 2,000 collections for restoration projects. For us, we are so excited about all the energy and funding opportunities on a federal level that are coming out right now specifically to support the native seed industry. It just feels like such perfect timing. The nonprofit also partners with a high school on the Fano Afo Nation where they've built a rain garden with native plants. Gabriel Pietrazio, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Pima County Administrator Jan Lesher is weighing in on the final report from a year-long investigation into issues at the Pima County Jail. The Board of Supervisors will discuss and possibly vote on next steps this week. And Hannah Cree has details about Lesher's advice for the board ahead of its meeting. 
Lesher told the Board of Supervisors repairing the jail's most pressing safety issues is the first step. There is deferred maintenance. There is need for some repair so that it is a safe facility. Lesher did not rule out future renovation or new construction, but she also suggests the county needs more information. Both the options the Blue Ribbon Commission deemed feasible, renovation or rebuilding, agree the jail would need an additional 1,100 beds. Lesher's advice to the Board of Supervisors is to reevaluate and draft a new commission to explore lowering the jail's capacity. What was not part of the charge in the initial commission was not just to look at the jail, but whether or not people should be moving into the jail to begin with. The board is scheduled to discuss the findings of the Blue Ribbon Commission and Lesher's recommendations on February 20th. It was Hannah Cree reporting from Tucson. In sports hockey, the Coyotes' losing streak has now reached nine straight. They fell in Denver to the Avalanche 4-3 on Sunday. Lawton Krause and Logan Cooley scored for Arizona, which has now not won since January 22nd. Basketball, Devin Booker came off the bench to finish with 15.7 assists, four rebounds, and a couple steals. Kevin Durant had 18, five assists, and five rebounds, but they were on the losing side of the Eastern Conference's 211-186 victory over the West in the NBA All-Star game last night in Indianapolis. You did hear that right, 211-186. The Suns uh, will be back from the break to play a real basketball game Thursday in Dallas. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this Monday, February the 19th. Happy President's Day. I'm Phil Latzman. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening, and we're back at you, of course, tomorrow morning.